Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Pastor Christy Amira Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have been speaking about the uh, how-tos of faith in today. How do we take faith and apply it in our lives? So jump up to your feet today and put your hands on your spirit and say this. Say, I'm a believer. I have active faith. I have an alert mind. I have a receptive spirit. My body's full of energy. I want what God has for me today. And I won't leave here without it. I will hear the word. I will heed the word. And I will change. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And I want to greet you on behalf of our apostles, Drs. Christian and Dr. Robin Harfouche. You heard that word from Dr. Harfouche. And my goodness, it is good to be connected to a prophetic ministry that sees things coming before they come. It doesn't do any good to walk into a situation and be surprised by it. But when you have heard the truth about the world that you are living in and you understand spiritual warfare, then when you walk into a situation, you already have the tools to deal with it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what faith is. Faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith is not moved by what it sees. Faith is not moved by how it feels. Faith is not moved by what it looks like. Faith is only moved by the spirit of God. And we are called to be people who are moved by faith. So if you open up in the word of God with me today to the book of James, we're going to start there. Uh, We're going to start there because the word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That means that faith comes because of the input that comes into our life that is filled with spirit and life. And so when you look at James and chapter three and verse two, it says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Now stop. Somebody shout perfect man. man. A perfect man is someone, a woman or a man. How many of you know that means mankind who offends not in word. Now, what does offend mean in this context? Is it saying that they don't offend any person at any time? How many of you know the answer to that? No. How many of you know you you cannot you cannot preach the gospel and not offend anybody? You know, the the, the gospel is truth. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, it slices, it, it dices, it takes off you what doesn't belong. 
So when it's talking about offend, it's not talking about offending people. Because you can speak the truth and offend somebody. You, you could speak the truth and offend. Jesus offended some people. Jesus offended a whole bunch of people. Right? So when it says not offend, who's it talking about offending? God. It's exactly right. A man who doesn't speak something that is against what God said. Do not be the yes, but Christian. Do not be the, I know what the word says, but Christian. You're not that person. No, because the, 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 the perfection that we are called to walk in is the perfection of walking along with the way and the word of the Lord. Isn't that right? Now, how many of you believe that you can put your mouth to good use? So it says that the person who can bridle their tongue. Now, somebody say this out loud. It's not willpower. No, we learned in the last session, and some of us, you, you, were, you were reminded in something you already knew, but the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That is exactly the translation, the NIV translation says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So it is not about controlling your tongue only. It's about filling your heart with the right things. And when you fill your heart with the right things, then when, uh, when something causes you to speak, the right thing comes out. You got training. You know, I, I know a story of a young lady who was trained in the military in her country. And her husband thought that he would be cute and sneak into the house and surprise her because he was out of town. But she had training he didn't know about. See, when you're trained, when you're trained, your training kicks in. And so he snuck into the house and thought he would surprise her. She, She saw a dark figure come into the house. Next thing you know, he woke up the next morning. Uh, she just did a couple moves on him and knocked him out. He woke up the next morning and found out that he had married a trained woman. Now, how many of you know that when you're trained in the things of God, now, how many of you know, I'm not saying that it's natural training. It's supernatural spiritual training. But how many of you know that if you don't train in an area, you won't react that way? But if you're trained in an area, when pressure comes, you automatically revert to your training. Now, this is good. See, the Bible says that fire refines gold. What that means is when there's pressure, you find out what's in there that's not supposed to be in there. And what's in there that's real gold. Now, so when that pressure comes or when that situation comes, if something comes out of your mouth and pops out of your mouth, that's not from the Lord. That's an offense to the word of God. How many of you know that you just mark that and you say, wait, where did that come from? That's not me. That's not what I'm in agreement with. That's not what I'm standing for. And you just judge that word. Right? 
How many of you know that, that that's what we tell people when we find out what we've, well, you will find out what you're made of? What does that mean? We'll find out what's in there. Well, how many of you know that you got to store up good stuff in there? That's, that's literally what the word of God says. We'll get, we'll get there. Are you with me? So behold, in verse three, we put bits in the horse's mouths and that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven by fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. Now just look up at me. Look, imagine this in your head. A massive ship. Massive. It's, it holds uh, uh, many people, right? It, it's it's it, enormous. And the wind and the rain, it's built to last. It's built to go through that kind of weather. But that whole big Huge ship has a little rudder. And that little rudder is controlled by the governor or the one who's guiding the ship. Now, that's our mouth. Now, it's not, it's not, it it is our mouth filled with real faith. See, faith cannot be surface. Faith has to take root. It's got to have backup in your heart. It's not just what you say. It's what's in what you say. And so the, the tongue speaks what the heart or what the mind has been seeded with. What's been planted in there. And so the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And that word is a treasure or a storehouse for precious things. It's where we get the word thesaurus. It's the Greek word thesaurus. That means that you and I have a treasure chest that is our heart. And what we put in that heart is what our mouth will speak and what will guide our life. Because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You you with me? Let's just lift your hands up to heaven and shout glory three times. Glory, glory, glory. Do Do it one more time. And so uh, I'm going to talk to you tonight about prayer, both in our understanding and in our spirit, because we cannot just pray in the Holy Spirit. We have to also pray in our understanding. If you go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 14, are you there? Now just read it with me. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, are you, are you reading it with me out loud? 14, chapter 14, verse 14. That's why you got, you got mixed up. You thought I didn't tell you, but I did tell you. I told you both things. 14, 
For, you ready? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now stop. This is important. Because many people think, I just want to get over my understanding. I just want to check out of my mind and check in to the spirit. Well, how many of you know that's not really how the Holy Ghost works? He doesn't take over. My goodness, it is quiet in here tonight. It's quiet. You know, you remember how Pastor Lamar's organ wasn't plugged in when we started? And then he had to plug it in and then it started. Those of you online, you may have not noticed that, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came in because the organ, somebody needs to plug in tonight because you're a little too quiet for me. I'm talking to some IMI students who know what I'm talking about, right? You know, just because we got a title for the message tonight doesn't mean it's going to be a dead meeting. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and so anyway, so... I mean, you know, I'm, you're going to make me nervous. I'm going to start taking it down to the ABCs. This is going to be like Apostolic Global Church Sesame Street if I don't get some amens and hallelujahs up in here. <laughs> so how many of you see that you, you cannot think that by only praying in the Holy Spirit, you're going to become uh, the spiritual giant and you will no longer need to train your thought life, to train your mind. No, because you can be praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit, and your mind can be elsewhere. Now, that shouldn't be. We shouldn't do that. But how many of you know that your, your mind has to be set on something? Your mind cannot be empty. Your mind has to be full of the right stuff. So many people think, well, I just need to get rid of this certain thought pattern or this certain, you know, problem in my thinking, you know. But what they don't get is that you cannot eject something without putting in the replacement that is the truth. Your mind cannot be empty. That would make you asleep or unconscious. Or in a, right? How many of you are, you're not unconscious. You need to be consciously set on God. And so that's where praying in the spirit and praying in your understanding. You cannot have an unfruitful understanding and be stayed on the right thoughts. And so there's an idea that uh, uh, in the world... In, in the new age, that when you meditate, you empty yourself of all. And many people think that that's what praying in the Holy Spirit is or being moved by the Holy Ghost is. They think it's me gone, God here. <laughs> but that's not, that is not, that's not God's mode. God is not going to kick you out of your body. He doesn't want to live in your body without you. He wants you two to get along together. <laughs> How many of you understand what I'm talking about? And so God doesn't, he doesn't, I said it last week, God doesn't want to take the wheel. 
God wants you to be sensitive enough to hear his direction about the direction of your life. And so Dr. Lester Summerall, our father in the faith, said that an empty mind is the playground for the devil. An empty mind is the playground for the devil. Now, what he was saying was that the only way to keep your life on track is not to think, oh, I shouldn't think that. I can't think that way. Oh, I shouldn't think that way. That's a, that's a bad way. That's a negative way of thinking. No, you have to eject it with God's word overflow. There is not room for it. Thank you for that amen back there. I don't know where it came from, but I believe that there was a faith-filled person back there. Now, your, your, how many of you understand that, that the only way to force out the wrong type of thinking is to fill your life with the right kind of thinking, right? And so we, we, uh, we talk about unplugging from what's negative, unplugging from what's worldly, unplugging from input that doesn't belong going into your life. Well, how many of you know if you just unplug and you just leave a void there, well, the devil can come right back in because you're empty. But you're not called to be empty. You're called to be so full that when the enemy comes to the door, Jesus answers uh, with, you know, firepower. He says... (laughs) <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> this, this house is not empty. This house is filled. This house belongs to Jesus. This mind belongs to God. Hallelujah. I'm filled with the right thoughts. I know what the wrong thoughts are because they don't line up with what God's put on the inside of me. And so that's why we don't just pray in the spirit, but we pray with our understanding also. And you know, last week we got, we, someone asked me a question in the Q&A after the gathering. And they said, how do you know if it, you're feeling a, a, a feeling, if it's you, you know, or if it's somebody else that God wants you to pray for and you're sensing like a bondage or a weight or an anxiety or something that belongs to somebody else. And I told them that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you feel something that is an offense to what God said. God said, you're more than a conqueror. God said, you're the head and not the tail. God said, you're above and not beneath. God said, you're foreknown, predestined, orchestrated by him, planned, purpose. He chose you. He bought you. Hallelujah. If you feel something that doesn't line up with that, you You treat it as something that is not in line with who you are. That means you take it to prayer and you understand that you don't go by what you feel. Hallelujah. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? So then Paul said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? What do I do then? How is it then? What, how should I pray? Right? And Paul said, I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. This is a key and an important part of living a victorious life in faith. When you first step into God, you may not know how to pray in line with his word. 
And that means that you've got you've to take the time to get in IMI. You've got to take the time to listen to the word of God. You've got to take the time to learn those victorious scriptures that you need to build your life upon, right? If you have to write the scriptures down and pray in the spirit and then pray that scripture out loud and pray in the spirit and then pray that scripture out loud, then you do that. If you've got to turn on Dr. Harfush's teaching, I am I teaching, and you've got to say those words out loud after him, you do that because your mouth is called by God to direct your life in a supernatural way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so that, that when, when Joshua, or is this too much? When Joshua says that he will meditate on the word of God day and night and it won't depart out of his mouth. You know that scripture? That word means to utter, to mutter, to imagine, to meditate, to speak, to study, to murmur. How many of you know that in the new age, they, they, they have a mantra that they say over and over and over and over again. Well, how do you, how do you, where do they get that from? Dr. Arfush teaches in international miracle Institute that that's been stolen from the church's prayers. Why? Because we've always prayed the scripture. We've always muttered the scripture. We've always spoken it over and over and over again. That's why last week I talked about music and lyrics and how when you sing lyrics over and over and over again, you have to know that they're God, scriptural, good lyrics. Don't sing lyrics about living in in depression, but knowing that God will save you one day. That was a moment that should have been sang out and then left and never, ever sang again. You don't want to live there. I mean, if, there, if you write a song in the wilderness, leave it in the wilderness. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, we're done. You know, we're through that. Just let it go. Let it go. And so, so why am I saying that? I'm saying that because this is one of the most important things for people to understand is that, you know, you pray in the spirit and people think, well, Pastor Christy, I've been praying. You know, I've had people tell me I pray in the spirit hours every day and I still can't get my thought life to line up. And I'm like, well, because you're praying in an unknown tongue. It's not going to help your thought life. I mean, how many of you know what I mean? I mean, it'll build up your spirit. It's good to be in the Holy Ghost. But if you don't fill your mind with God truths, if you don't learn the word, if you don't flip, if you don't switch over into English and start binding and loosing and declaring and speaking that word, what are you going to do when the devil comes? Pray pray at him in tongues? What if if he speaks to you out of somebody else's mouth? You're just going to pray in tongues at him? What if your friend, you know, somebody tells you, well, you know, that's that, you know, one of your relatives, well, that runs in our family. You know, we're all going to go that way. You going to pray in tongues at him? No, you're not going to do that. You've got to know, you've got to be able to say, no, that is not true. The word of God says that by his stripes, we were healed. He said, we are new creatures that all things have passed away and all things have become new. Nothing runs in our family. 
God. And so it's good to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible said when we don't know how to pray, we pray in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit prays through us. He knows how to pray. That's good. But how many of you know that we have to know the truth in our language in order for our understanding to be set on the truth? Our will cannot be pointed in the right direction if we're vague about it. The Bible says, hit the person next to you, say, wake up, you need this. The Bible said that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Right? Double-minded man cannot get anything from the Lord. That's what it says. So how many of you know that, that then obviously that that, double, that man has not put his will in agreement with God's will? You've got to put your will in agreement with God's will. You can't let it be whatever will be, will be. Or else whatever will be, will be. You don't want whatever. You want what God said. Faith is not about accepting whatever. Faith is about declaring what is not and seeing it be. And so we will pray in our understanding and and in the spirit. We will sing in the spirit and we will sing with our understanding also. I want to get somewhere today. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go there. Go to, uh, do do you have a few minutes? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. So set your mind on what God said to you. Set your mind on God's future for you. Learn to meditate on things that are in line with his word. Don't look at something for too long that contradicts your promise. Even when you go and you minister to those who are sick, make sure that the image you have on the inside of divine health is more clear to you than the image that you're looking at. How do you do that? Well, how many of you know, if you, if you look at something and you, you, you don't know it that well, well, if you walk away from that picture, you know, have you ever met somebody one time and you had a vague recollection of what they look like, right? But you didn't, you didn't remember it fully. Now, if you see them again, you might recognize them, right? But if you had to describe them to have you ever had to describe someone to somebody and you were embarrassed because you were like, well, he, he was white. <laughs> and it's kind of a dirty br- br- brown, blonde. You didn't know? You couldn't remember, and you were like, you know, you were embarrassed. You remembered some odd feature. You know, he had blue tennis shoes on, you know. Well, how many of you know you weren't familiar enough with the way that person looked? You hadn't spent enough time meditating on that image. Well, how many of you know that when you know someone really well? How about, have you ever known two identical twins? 
but you knew them apart because you knew them so well, right? You had studied their features, not in a weird way, but just because you were around them (laughs) so much that you knew them, right? You knew them apart. Well, what does that mean? That means you had an internal image of that person so well that you knew them apart. That's how our image of who we are in God, what he's given us, what our future will look like, what our prosperity will look like, what our health will look like as we age, what our strength will look like. How many of you know that that kind of image comes because of a lot of meditating, a lot of studying, a lot of hearing the word of God, a lot of being more mindful of what the word says than what the world says. And that's what is so important for us to understand is that it is easier to get an impression based on what you see every day. How many of you know it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of effort to be filled with fear? All you have to do is turn on the television and let it in. It doesn't take a lot of effort to be filled with anger. All you've got to do is listen to the right radio shows or the right podcasts or the right television series or watch the right movies and you'll get angry. What is that? That's input that's pushing you in that direction. Well, how many of you know that's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. So when we talk about meditating on the word, when we talk about hearing the word, we should be seeing an internal picture of what that means to us. And that comes from that meditation. It's like when you, when you know someone really well, it doesn't matter how long it's been since you saw them, you know what they look like. If you were gifted in the area of drawing, you could draw them. If you're not gifted in the area of drawing, you can't. But you remember them. Well, how many of you know that when you know what the word of God... See, that's what the Bible says. It says that a person who hears the word and does it is like someone that looks in a mirror. Well, actually, the Bible says a person who hears the word and doesn't do it, a hearer only, is someone who looks in the mirror the glass of the word of God, and then walks away and forgets what manner of man they are. Why? Because the world is not preaching to them what this says. They're not running into people at at the job that are going, my God, you are anointed. (laughs) Called, chosen. Did you get younger? You look stronger today. My goodness, every day I see you, you're stronger. No, I mean, you might have a good friend who's filled with the Holy Ghost that talks to you that way. If you do, let me know. I need somebody. (laughs) No, how many of you know that even good friends will not preach to you what you need to hear all the time? Well, how do you do it? You got to preach to you. You got to preach to you. And you've got to let Dr. Arfush preach to you and Dr. Robin preach to you and and the word of the Lord come to you and tell you who you are. So much so, how many of you know, you know what you look like? Have you ever seen a photograph that someone took of you and you were like, that is not what I look like? How many of you have ever had that happen? They tagged you in a, how about tagging you in a photo that you're not in? That is not me. That is, that's somebody else. That is not me. Well, how many of you know that you know what you look like? 
Well, how many of you know you've got to know who you are in God that well? So that when somebody tags you in a photograph or tags you in a situation or tags you in a way of thinking, you got to know, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. I know who I am. That is not who I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so, uh, did we go to 2 Corinthians? Verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 3. We're going to close with this. Are you ready? Just lift your hands up to heaven. Shout glory three times. Glory, glory, glory. Now, I hope I'm breaking this down in a way that seems simple, not hard. I just got to be clear about the fact that if you are the kind of person that wants to just lean back and let input preach to you, You'll never be transformed into the image of God. You've got, to be, um, you've got to be somebody that is willing to fight the tide. You, you've got to be willing to fight the tide. And so, because the, the, the Bible says don't be conformed to the image of this world. But be Ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you got to find visuals, find visuals. If you need to remind yourself that God has blessed you and made you prosperous, get yourself something, put it up that reminds you of how prosperous you are. I mean it. If you need something to remind you what supernatural health looks like, get you a picture of some really good looking mature person I mean it you think I'm crazy I'm not crazy why because visuals preach to us now if the devil's going to use them in a negative way I'm going to use them in a good way I'm going to I'm going to buy me some shoes that make me feel like hey I'm called of God and my feet are beautiful because I've been sent to preach to God. how many of you know what I'm talking about I'm going to preach to myself I'm going to do things that remind me of who God made me to be glory to God hallelujah hallelujah but put it put it, put it up on my mirror I'm made in the image of God. As my days are, so shall my strength be. He renews my youth like the eagles. If I put my heart on him, he gives me the desires of my heart. He has good plans for me, plans to prosper me and give me hope and a future. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that. That's going to preach to me. That's going to preach to me. And I'm going I'm I'm to answer the, the lying fears and angst and anxious thoughts and, and the things that people say that they mean well but are not well. You know, listen, you know, people, well, we're not, well, we're not as young as we used to be. Listen, do not bring me into your negative confession. You are not as young as you used to be. Me, on the other hand... How many of you are with me? I'm not, I'm not talking about being mean to people. But I'm talking about knowing the difference between riding the tide and going against the tide. You are not called to be like everybody else. 
You won't be happy being like everybody else. Well, you know how it is. Uh Uh-uh. I don't. I don't know how it is. Because my how it is is different than how it is for you. Because I'm not going to accept your how it is. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Speak the word, believe the word, expect the word, see the word happen. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, how are we going to ever get through this year? Anointed, blessed, overflowing, abundant, healthy, happy, joyous. No, and, and don't, don't get pulled into a pit because somebody wants to have a party there. If somebody wants to have a party in the pit, you don't, you're not invited. That's not your, it's not your scene. You invite them to your party. Be like, hey, how about instead of wallowing in misery, we get up and we go to church where we can hear about who we are in God and what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be. Glory to God. For Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Notice, they're not carnal, but mighty. See, many times people think that prayer is less powerful than something that they can tangibly feel and touch. But God said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. It's another level of weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. What do they do? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Now listen to me. Look up at me. Casting down imaginations. What does that mean? That means any idea that is offensive to what God said to you. Any idea, casting it down. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Well, we all got to get sick and die someday. No, we don't. Well, we all got to get old. No, we don't. Well, you know, our body's not what it used to be. Oh, yes, it is. It's better. Somebody said, well, you you can't believe that. I can believe anything that's in the word of God. And if you got a problem with it, take it up with God. (laughs) He said it, not me. Well, you know, our, our, you know, uh, 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 my memories is going, what? I have the mind of Christ. Now, I know this is simple. But it's good. It's real. We've got to keep this. You know, how many of you know that anything that you don't do, you lose? <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't, if you don't do it, you lose it. You, you got to keep it. And so, uh, cast.
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing in those thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Now the NIV says something powerful and if you're taking notes today you're probably going to want to take a note on this. It says, we demolish arguments. Arguments. Every argument that says God's word won't come to pass for you, we demolish it. Every argument that says you, could be, you should be full of fear instead of full of faith, we demolish it. How do, how do we demolish it? We demolish it by knowing what God's word says. You can't just tell the devil, nuh-uh. I mean, that'll work maybe at the beginning. Nuh-uh. But how many of you know you're going to need to know what the word says? Why? Because it, the devil's, uh, 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 he is a, he is a, he is a, <sighs> he's a talker. He's an arguer. Yes. He's always got a point of view. <laughs> He's always got an argument about why the word won't work for you this time. Well, remember so-and-so. The word didn't work for them. Twelve basketfuls. Seven hampers full. Abundance. I just want to make it. He is a liar. But his lies are subtle. That's why we've got to have the argument that the word said. We've got to throw the book at him. We've got to be like, no, 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 no. I know the rebuttal to your argument. You little slithering, slimy devil. How many of you know you got to have the argument? You've got to be the person that knows what God said. Jesus is our advocate. He is the word. He's got something to say about it. He's got the answer to it. Hallelujah. So we demolish arguments. Demolish. Me and Lakeisha really like that word. Demolish arguments. And every pretension... That's that's an attitude that claims something that doesn't belong to it. Every pretension that sets itself sets itself up against the knowledge of God. My God. The pretension of the wisdom of men. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish arguments. 
and every pretension that sets it, sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com, and we'll see you next week.